Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Sunday morning, October 16th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. This is a podcast This is de- that is dedicated to the public reading of the Word of God, along with the reading of some prayers and a devotion each morning. Uh, basically what I'm doing is I am sharing with you part of my morning routine each morning to get myself into pr- a prayerful mindset and into the Word of God before I start my work day. We're going to do our prayers out of the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers um, that has been very, very helpful in helping me to get into a prayerful state of mind. Uh, It's a collection from some very, very very godly men, very, very Christ-focused, very, very focused on the spiritual instead of the temporal. Um, So it it has been very, very helpful to me and many others. Uh, We'll we'll do our devotion from Charles Hadley Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. Um, It is a set of devotionals. Obviously, as it says, there's a morning devotional and an evening morning. We will do the morning devotional for the particular day in question. And then we're going to do our Bible reading using Robert Murray McShane's Read the Bible in a Year plan that he created for his congregation back in 1842. Um, It is one that I've been using for the last six years or so. Um, as part of my reading each morning. Uh, So we'll use it, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. The reason we're using the Legacy Standard Bible is because at this time, it is the most texturally accurate to the earliest manuscripts we have of the documents. Um, So, um, you know, how wonderful it is that we've actually made it till Sunday. (laughs) Some of us weeks were uh, not so sure we were going to make it. Now, I've was very, very grateful that, that I did, and I didn't have quite the week. I'm sure others did. I actually had an okay week. Um, but we've made it to Sunday morning, and as far as I know, my wife isn't up yet. Um, we've got everything squared away to be ready to go to church this morning. So, hey, we're going to make two weeks in a row get, get, getting over to uh, the local church we've started attending. Um, definitely looking forward to that. As I said yesterday, we had a wonderful dinner uh, with the pastor and his wife and family uh, Friday night, and it was it was just so enjoyable to spend time with them and get to know them and let them get to know us. Um, and so we're definitely looking forward to being back there this morning, um, not not at their house, but at the church, um, and getting to listen to him preach again um, and spend time and fellowship with folks there. Um, I definitely again uh, encourage you um, that if you didn't go last night, please go to church this morning. Um, unless you are physically completely incapable of physically attending church with the believers is an obligation. It is an act of obedience which we're called to and which is part of the fruits of our Christian walk. So please be there. Um, I know it can be tough. I've told you before, um, 
Founders Ministry and Master's Seminary both. And you can just look those up. You'll find the website. Um, Google it. The website will come up. You go find on the website. They have church finders or pastor finders. I think Master's Seminary is actually finding graduates of Master's Seminary. And believe me, you can trust them. Um, but you go, go and find them. Um, try to find a local body of believers if you've got another way. Try to find a local body of believers that is solid and fellowship together and worship God together. Um, it is critical. It is critical. It is not just something you do. It is something we do out of love for Christ. And so I would beg you to be in church this morning. All right. Let's go ahead and get rolling with our reading this morning. Um, as is our regular practice, we're going to read first from the Valley of Vision prayers. This morning, we're actually going to read four of them. We're going to read our regulars each morning, resting on God and grace and trials. And the reason I do those is because they give, they tend to help remind me that in myself, I am weak, but in God, I am strong. In, in God's strength, I am then strong. That if I take and rest my concerns, my needs, the, the things that freak me out. If I rest those in him, that he's going to take care of it. And then we're going to read our morning prayer for the day. And then in this case, because it's the Lord's Day, we're going to read the Lord's Day morning prayer. So let's get going. Oh God, most high, most glorious. The thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart, let me live near to the great shepherd, hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicated, see Jesus as its essence. Know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Amen. All right, and now grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days. 
flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake, amen. All right, now the first day morning prayer. It's called worship. This is because it's Monday for, or Sunday, first day of the week. So first day morning, it's called worship. O Lord, we commune with thee every day, but weekdays are worldly days, and secular concerns reduce heavenly impressions. We bless thee, therefore, for the day sacred to our souls, when we can wait upon thee and be refreshed. We thank thee for the institutions of religion, by use of which we draw near to thee, and thou to us. We rejoice in another Lord's Day, when we call off our minds from the cares of the world, and attend upon thee without distraction. Let our retirement be devout, our conversation edifying, our reading pious, our hearing profitable. I'm sorry, our hearing profitable, that our souls may be quickened and elevated. We are going to the house of prayer, Pour upon us the spirit of grace and supplication. We are going to the house of praise. Awaken in us every grateful and cheerful emotion. We are going to the house of instruction. Give testimony to the word preached and glorify it in the hearts of all who hear. May it enlighten the ignorant, awaken the careless, reclaim the wandering, establish the weak, comfort the feeble-minded, make ready a people for their Lord. Be a sanctuary to all who cannot come. Forget not those who never come. And do thou bestow upon us benevolence towards our dependents, forgiveness toward our enemies, peaceableness towards our neighbors, openness towards our fellow Christians. Amen. And the Lord's Day morning. <clears throat> o maker and upholder of all things, day and night are thine. They are also mine from thee. The night to rid me of the cares of the day to refresh my weary body, to renew my natural strength, the day to summon me to new activities, to give me opportunity to glorify thee, to serve my generation, to acquire knowledge, holiness, eternal life. But one day above all days is made especially by thy honor and my improvement, or for thy honor and my improvement. The Sabbath reminds me of thy rest from creation, of the resurrection of my Savior, of his entering into repose. Thy house is mine, but I am unworthy to meet thee there and am, and, um, and am unfit for spiritual service. When I enter it, I come before thee as a sinner, condemned by conscience and thy word, for I am still in the body and in the wilderness, ignorant, weak, in danger, and in need of thine aid, but encouraged by thy all-sufficient grace. Let me go to thy house with a lively hope of meeting thee knowing that there thou wilt come to me and give me peace. My soul is drawn out to thee in longing desires, for thy presence in the sanctuary, at the table, where all are entertained on a feast of good things, 
Let me, before the broken elements, emblems of thy dying love, cry to thee with broken heart for grace and forgiveness. I long for that blissful communion of thy people, in thy inter- for thy of thy people in thy eternal house, in thy perfect kingdom. These are they that follow the Lamb. May I be of their company. Amen. Ugh. I'm going to take a drink of coffee here real quick. <clears throat> oh, that's good this morning. We actually got some rain last night. Actually, the wife and I got woken up by rain and had to run around closing the windows because we didn't know there was rain coming. Um, all right. And now we're going to do our Spurgeon's Devotion, our Spurgeon Morning and Evening. It is the morning October 16th article, and the text for today is from John twenty-one twelve. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. I scrolled too far, sorry. In these words, the believer is invited to a holy nearness to Jesus. Come and dine implies the same table, the same meat, a, and sometimes it means to sit side by side and lean our head up, lean our head upon the Savior's bosom. It is being brought into the banqueting house, where waves the banner of redeeming love. Come and dine gives us a vision of union with Jesus, because the only food that we can feast upon when we dine with Jesus is himself. Oh, what union is this? It is a depth which reason cannot fathom, that we thus feed upon Jesus. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. It is also an invitation to enjoy fellowship with the saints. Christians may differ on a variety of points, but they have all one spiritual appetite, and if we cannot all feel alike, we can all feel alike on the bread of life sent down from heaven. At the table of fellowship with Jesus, we are one bread and one cup. As the loving cup <clears throat> goes round, we pledge one another heartily therein. Get nearer to Jesus, and you will find yourself linked more and more in spirit to all who are like yourself, supported by the same heavenly manna. If we were more near to Jesus, we should be more near to one another. We likewise see in these words the source of strength for every Christian. To look at Christ is to live, but for strength to serve him you must come and dine. We labor under much unnecessary weakness on account of neglecting this precept of the Master. We none of us need to put ourselves on low diet. On the contrary, we should fatten on the marrow and fatness of the gospel that we may accumulate strength therein and urge every power to its full tension in the master's service. Thus then, if you would realize nearness to Jesus, union with Jesus, love to his people, and strength from Jesus, come and dine with him, him by faith. All right, now we're going to do our Bible reading, but I'm going to take some coffee here. Still kind of dealing with a froggy in my throat. I don't know what the deal is. Sorry about that. All right, our reading for the day is going to be 1 Kings 19, 1 Thessalonians 2, Daniel 1, and Psalm 105. And I'm sorry, I should have said this earlier. So the links to everything I'm reading today, where you can read them online, which is what I'm doing, are in the show notes. But you also will find links down there. 
to get hard copies of all these things of the Valley of Vision, of Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and of the Legacy Standard Bible are all in the show notes, along with a link to where you can get a PDF of Robert Murray McShane's um, Bible reading plan and the document he wrote as an introduction to his congregation, which is definitely worth reading um, as well. All right, so our Bible reading, 1 Kings 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by about this time tomorrow. And he was afraid, and arose, and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his young man there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Yahweh, Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. Then he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, there was an angel touching him, and he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of Yahweh came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of Yahweh came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for Yahweh, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Covenant pulled down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before Yahweh. And behold, Yahweh was passing by, and a great and strong wind was tearing up the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before Yahweh. But Yahweh was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But Yahweh was not in the earthquake. Then after the earthquake, a fire but Yahweh was not in the fire. And after the fire, after the fire, a sound of a thin, gentle whisper. Now it happened that when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Then he said, I have been very zealous for Yahweh, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, pulled down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And Yahweh said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and you will arrive and anoint Haziel king over Aram. And Yehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it will be that the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel Yehu shall put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Yehu, Elisha shall put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he went from there and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with twelve pairs of oxen before him, and he, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. So he forsook the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. 
And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So he returned from following him, and took the pair of oxen, and sacrificed them, and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. All right, First Thessalonians 2. For you yourself know, brothers, that our entrance to you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much struggle. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our hearts. For we never came with a flattering word, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. <clears throat> God is witness, nor seeking glory from men, either from you or from others, even though as apostles of Christ we could have been a burden to you. But we prove to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In this way, having fond affection for you, we were pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you have become beloved to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so we not be not so as to not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how devoutly and righteously and blamelessly we behave toward you toward you believers, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and bearing witness to each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also is at work in you who believe. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God and Christ Jesus that are in Judea, for you also suffered the same things at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and do not please God and are hostile to all men. Hinder, hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles, so that they may be saved with the result that they always fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has kind of come upon them to the utmost. But we, brothers, having been taken away from you for a short while, in face but not in heart, were all the more eager with great desire to see your face, for we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan hindered us. For who is our hope, or joy, or crown of boasting? Is it not even you, before our Lord Jesus at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Alright, in Daniel 1, we're starting a new book. We finished Ezekiel, so now we're in Daniel 1. <clears throat> I'm sorry, drinking some coffee to try to get the, the yucky out of my throat. Alright, Daniel 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. <clears throat> and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. Then the king said to Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, 
to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal seed and of the nobles, youths in whom was no defect, who were good in appearance, showing insight in every branch of wisdom, being thoroughly knowledgeable and discerning knowledge being thoroughly knowledgeable and discerning knowledge, and who had ability to stand in the king's palace. And he said for him to teach them the literature and tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily ration for the king's choi- from the king's choice, choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to stand before the king. Now among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then the commander of the, of the officials set names for them, and for Daniel he set the name Belteshazzar, for Hananiah, Shadrach, for Mishael, Meshach, and for Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel set in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile, defile himself. Now God granted Daniel loving kindness and compassion before the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king, who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days. And let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed before you, and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, it was seen that their appearance was better, and that they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food, and the wine they were to drink, and kept giving them vegetables. And as for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and insight in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. Then at the end of the days which the king had spoken of, spoken of for bringing them in, the commander of the officials brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them, and out of them all, not one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they stood in service before the king. And as for every matter of wisdom and understanding which the king sought from them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in all his kingdoms. Kingdom. And Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. Excuse me for a minute. All right, Psalm 105. O give thanks to Yahweh, call upon his name. Make known his acts among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Muse on all his wondrous deeds. Boast in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek Yahweh be glad. Inquire of Yahweh and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wondrous deeds which he has done his miracles, and the judgments uttered by his mouth. O seed of Abraham, his servant. O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is Yahweh our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded for a thousand generations, 
which he cut with Abraham, and his oath to Isaac. Then he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance, when they were only a few men in number, of little account, and sojourners in it. And they wandered about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He permitted no man to oppress them, and he reproved the kings for their sakes. Do not touch my anointed ones, and to my prophets do not do no evil. <clears throat> and he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons, until the time that his word came to pass. The word of Yahweh refined him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of people sent and set him free. He set him up as lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his princes at will and that he might teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham and he caused his people to be very fruitful and he caused them to be stronger than their adversaries. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal craftily with his slaves. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They set forth the words of his signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they did not rebel against his word. words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came a swarm of flies and gnats in all their territory. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He also struck down their vines and their fig trees, and he shattered the trees of their territory. He spoke, and locusts came, and creeping locusts without number, and they ate up all vegetation in their land, and they ate up all, and they ate up the fruit of their ground. He also struck down all the firstborn in their land, the first of all their vigor. Then he brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they went out, for the dread of them had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light by night. They asked and asked, and he brought quail, and he satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water flowed out. It ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy word, with Abraham his servant, and he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with a shout of joy. He gave them also the lands of the nations, that they might take possession of the fruit of the people's labor, so that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise Yah. All right, and that is our reading for the day. Mm, more coffee. All right. Well, I hope you go on to have a wonderful Sunday, um, that you spend time in the Word, um, and that you get out there and you get to church this morning. Um, it is critical. As I said yesterday, outside of the grace of God, you and I are damned to eternal damnation. We are, we are convicted to eternal punishment under the wrath of God. That's fact. Ten out of, as I keep saying, 10 out of 10 people die and 10 out of 10 people face judgment. And the only thing that makes a difference is whether Christ stands for you as an advocate. And he is not going to stand for everybody. 
But the only way he stands for you is if you come to a saving faith in Christ. And I would beg you to get on your knees and to beg for forgiveness, to repent and turn from your sins, to beg God to send the Holy Spirit to do a work of salvation within you, to make you humble, to make you accepting, to make you able to take up the gift that he's given. I mean, Christ is the only one who ever lived a sinless life. None of us ever have or ever will. And that is the only... We have a tendency, and I did, I always did. I always sat there looking at other people going, well, I'm better than that person, I'm better than that person. Meaning behavior-wise, not that I was any better as a person in general, but that I was better behavior-wise. Well, I hadn't done as many bad things as that person. I hadn't done as many bad things as that person. It didn't matter. I was comparing myself to the wrong thing. When it comes to judgment, we're not compared against other people. We're compared against God's standard. And God's standard is perfect. And we are incapable of meeting it. There is nothing we can do to meet that. The only way we come to a saving faith is... The only way we even have the option to come to a saving faith was through the work of Christ. From Him living a sinless life where we could not. Allowing Himself to be crucified and then taking up his life again in resurrection and being seated at the hand of God right hand of God the Father almighty that is that is the only way because with a saving faith in him he drapes us in his robes of righteousness those robes he earned through living a sinless life he pays the penalty for our sin that was the work he did on the cross. And it's really, really easy. Oh, okay, he took our sins. No, no, no. He took the punishment, the wrath of God that was due us. He took it. He paid that price and draped us in his robes so that we could stand holy and blameless before God. So I would beg you to pray that God would send the Holy Spirit to you and that the Holy Spirit would do a work of saving, of, of regeneration within you to remove, as Ezekiel spoke of, to remove the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, a heart that is humble, that would will repent, will turn from those sins, would mortify those sins at the foot of the cross and turn from them and walk the worthy walk, walk a Christian walk. I would beg that you would pray that this morning. All right. Again, I hope you go out and have yourself a wonderful day. Please be in church this morning. Um, it It is critical for your eternal life. And believe me, that matters more than anything else. All right, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us this time this morning together for us to be able to share your word and some prayer and devotion. Dear Lord, we would pray that it would equip us, it would edify us, it would lift us up, it would hedge up our ways, it would, it would, it would control our ways so that we would truly walk as imitators of you and in, as imitators of Christ. We would walk that worthy walk as explained in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. And dear Lord, we would pray 
that we would have that motivation today to get ourselves into church, to sit under your word and to take it in. And again, be equipped, edified and hedged up in the, in your word. Dear Lord, we would continue to pray for our country. Um, it's gone, gone the way of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lord, we know we're under judgment. Lord, we would pray for revival. That is the only thing that is going to fix any of this. And so we pray for revival, Lord. And we continue to pray for those who are still dealing with the aftermath of Ian. Dear Lord, we would pray for their physical well-being. But more importantly, we pray for their spiritual well-being. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. All right, you go out and have yourself a wonderful day. And as I say, every episode, do all that you do to the glory of God. I love you. Have a good one. God bless.